those of you who don't know me, I'm just one on the preaching team. And before I get started, I just want to say, you know, there's, I just feel like to say this about the harvest. You know, everybody keeps talking about the billion soul harvest, okay? The billion soul harvest. And it's just something that just hit me. There's over 7 billion people on the earth. A billion souls is not enough. It's not enough. It's great somebody said it and, you know, we repeat it and at that time and season, but it's not enough. I want to read you something that Billy Graham said in 1992. There was a minister, I'm not going to mention his name, and I, I try not to mention ministers' names a lot because as soon as I do, if you don't like that minister, you shut off the story. And the truth of the matter is what's coming in revival is we need to receive from things that we don't necessarily receive from. God's actually hidden your secret into your life into someone that you don't like. Uh, that's why racism is, is not of God. We're all created in his image. And you, you know, you'll never hear me criticize the next generation, Wires and Zers and Xers and, you know, I'm an Xer. I never criticize them. Do not criticize what you want to minister to. It doesn't work. Yes, they may be a rebel, but God, show me their pain. Show me their hurt. God, show me. Amen? So I just want to read you something, and this applies to the souls, but let me just, I'm going to read it, and then you'll understand. It says, the year was 1992. The location was somewhere between Moscow, Russia, and Vienna, Austria. I was standing in the aisle of an airplane 33,000 feet above the earth, speaking to one of the world's premier evangelists. My team and I had been in the historic Moscow crusade, Dr. Billy Graham, as he preached the gospel to the multitudes that filled the stadium. So there he was. He's standing in the aisle, back when you can stand in the aisle, talking to Billy Graham. And he says, as Billy and Graham and I conversed that night in the aisle, plane, I explained to him how I received a strong prophetic visitation from the Lord. Because this man moves in signs and wonders. He says, the Lord is going to use mighty signs and wonders and marvelous miracles to win multitudes of souls to Jesus Christ. He says, I will never forget the love and compassion streaming from the voice. And the eyes of this great man of God, as he placed his weathered hand upon his shoulder and looked so deeply into my eyes, Billy Graham said to me, Son, I believe every word of that. His words shot to the very depths of my soul. He continues saying, Son, I was reared on a farm, and one thing I have learned about harvest time, it is short. Never forget, harvest time is a short time. So I want to encourage you and remind you today, it's not just souls, it's also the promises of God. See, the seed, time, and harvest, and we get to this point in our life, and we think it's going to take this time, but harvest time is short, amen? And Pastor Lena gave a prophetic word to somebody this morning, and she says, I want to encourage you, and I feel like God wants to encourage us today. One of the definitions of encourage means to encourage is to feel or give courage, and that's the definition God wants to do. He wants to feel and give courage. He wants to burn that word in our heart. And one of the words for discourage is to deprive of. It says, don't be discouraged. Don't be without courage. And so we're going to look at Josh. I'm going to break it down in the first. But he wants to burn that word in our heart. And I'm just going to declare what I believe God wants to do. He wants to fill us with courage today. But then I felt like there was a second part. He says, you need to feed it. He can fill you with courage, but it's your responsibility to feed it. And we're going to do both aspects. So, John, that's a big word. So some of you are going to be filled today with courage. I'm just going to be bold about an area and things you never walked in. And that's just, and, and, you know, when God was giving me this message, it's like, John, that's a big statement. You're saying in this service, God's going to fill me with courage. Not three weeks from now, not four weeks from now. Today, he's going to fill me with courage, impart courage, stir up courage, yes. But, friends, we got some, he's a big God. He was looking over the face of the deep, and it was dark, and he said, let there be light. And the sun, you know how big the sun is? A million earths can fit in the sun. A million. It's over 90 million miles away. If you were standing on the sun, you couldn't see the earth. But you can see the sun. And God said, let there be light. And there it was. So that's the God we're talking about, amen? Uh, so talking about burning a word. I, I, I grew up in Southern California, and I loved 
7-Eleven. I used to get these Slurpees, uh, you know, and I was, I, was, I was in the fifth grade at this time, and there was this lady, we'd walk two miles to go get the, you know, when you really want something, it's amazing what you'll do. It's not that we don't want the presence of God, we just want to watch this Netflix show more. It's not that we don't want to be faithful to our wife, we just want this relationship more. It's not that the desire is not there, it's greater desire wins out. It's not that you don't want, the, you don't want to steal, but you want the money more. See, greater desire wins out. And instead of doing my homework, I, I had a desire to do my homework, but I had a desire for a Slurpee more. So I walked two miles, and there's this lady I'd cross in the 7-Eleven. They're not like the 7-Elevens here, and she had this little patch of grass. And the reason why I'm sharing this story is because we need to expand our world today. Her world, Cal, sunny California, she could have been inside reading. We were an hour and a half from the beach, an hour and a half from the mountains, but her whole life was standing on that yard going, stay off the grass. Stay off the grass. It's just this little patch of grass. She had a beautiful home, but there's this little patch, and we're kids. We don't want to. It's just like four feet, and just, we just cross it, right? We just cross it to go to 7-Eleven. I got so sick of her staying off the grass, and this is before I was saved. So I went in the garage, and I was a good kid. I was nice, okay? But I went in the garage, and I got this chemical from my dad's garage that I knew would kill grass. <laughs> so I went when the sun was down. I could still see Pastor Allen, you know, and I wrote. I just didn't dump it on her lawn. I wrote a word. I'm not going to repeat the word I wrote, and I'm not even going to tell you what it, re- <laughs> what it rhymes with. But when that sun came up and it burned that grass, there it was, burned in her yard. I never heard her say, stay off the grass again. I never seen that lady, and God wants to do that. He wants to burn a word in our heart. We expand our vision, and that word is courage, outside our little world. Because what we want is we want our world to be better. We want our life to be better. And God says, I want courage. And you know, one way God encourages us, he's, I am with you. See, false encouragement, it says, your situation will get better. So the basis of his encouragement today is not, we're going to look at Joshua. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He said, I am with you. There's the difference. He didn't say everything's going to be okay. I am with you. Because when's Corona going to end? When am I going to get married? When is the money going to come? And God says, I am with you. There's people he sends to countries, and they become martyrs, but he is with them. See, we want our situation to change. We want our little patch of grass to become green. We just want to focus on this. When's this going and when is my life going to be better? And God wants to burn a word in your heart today. Courage. Will you expand? Will you understand the harvest is short? He needs you. Reinhardt Bunky is dead. Billy Graham is dead. But you're not. You're still alive. And you're sitting there and you have the harvest. You don't only have a harvest for souls. You have a harvest for money. You have a heart. And God wants to encourage us today. He wants to give courage. Because we're going to look at Joshua. Joshua's task was big. God doesn't give courage for little things. If you just want a little patch of grass, you don't need encouragement. You need someone like me to come along and say, no, we're going to expand what did I do? I expanded her vision. I expanded her vision. All of a sudden, that little patch of grass didn't become important. Her lawn did. Because there's the word. Did I feel bad? Yes, I feel bad. There's the word. She ne- I never heard, stay off the grass again. You know what? God gets tired of me prayers. He does. You know, Malachi, we just think that God's God. He's the, he's, he, we're made in his image. He told the people, he says, go give your governor that lame sheep and see if he'll take it. You give me the lame and the blind, which is not a sacrifice. David says, I'm not going to give anything that didn't cost me anything. See, we want to praise when it's easy. Do this. He says, I am with you, Joshua. I am with you. So let's start to give courage. I'm going to start with Joshua 1. He says, and actually, this is the title of the first sermon I ever preached. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assisting, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
So I'm going to break down this chapter. We're going to look at the facts. We're going to look at his promises, and we're going to look at his encouragement. Because we're not, I'm not dissuading the facts. I'm not, Moses is dead. But let me put yourself in Joshua's situation. Joshua, his servant, the one you thought was going to take you into the promised land is not. The one that came down with the glowing veil is not. The one that when people were challenged, God opened up the ground and people got sucked in. Friends, that's not a child story. That actually happened. They got sucked in. That one is dead. And Joshua, it's on you now to take the man. He failed. Those aren't the words, but yeah, I'm going to take the promised land. Moses is dead. Now it's Joshua. See, it's different when it's just you, when it's on you. See, I was in, we were doing a missions trip, and, and, and we had the guys and the girls, and they came to me, and the sun's going down, and they say, hey, our AC in the women's uh, room isn't working. And I specifically did it right next to each other, because when you get in foreign countries, I don't, when I have to take a big group with women, I don't sleep good. That's just the truth. I'm pray, I, I'm up, I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive, because it's on me. And so the sun's going down, and I'm running up and down the beach trying to get a hold through, because I knew guys and girls can't stay in the same room. Lena, we all stayed together. Really? You're fired. So I got all the other guys sitting on the, on the porch, chilling, drinking their Cokes from Mexico. John, why are you running around? I'm running around because it's on me. When that sun goes down, those girls need a room. Now, we did find a room with the AC, but the problem is it had full of roaches. So we're standing. It's totally dark, and they have their light on, and, and, and you know, they're, they're dressed and everything, and you see them running around trying to kill the roaches. And so, but they had AC, but they had roaches. And they were on their bed and stuff. So when it's on you, it's different. I used to serve this evangelist. And I, before I came to the epicenter, I never preached a full sermon. I preached to the youth, I preached. But to the adults, I preached two 15-minute sermons and one 30-minute sermon on a Wednesday that they cut off short. The pastor's son goes, okay, thank you, that's up. <laughs> that was it. So the first, one of the first times is I usually travel with him by myself. But sometimes I had my friend Larry, Larry. And we would travel together, and, some, and so we're sitting on the video bed in this hotel room. You could play a video game. So we're playing video games, playing video games, laughing, joking around. And the, my mentor goes, tonight you guys are going to preach a 15-minute sermon. And we just looked at him and literally laughed. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm serious. So he didn't have to tell us. We put the video games away, and then we started, you know, just praying. He might as well, he might as well told you, John, I want you to do a seven-week series. I mean, it was the same pressure, you know what I mean? But when it's on you, everything changes. Moses is dead, Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. So he failed. He's dead, D-E-A-D. The thought you were going to take to the promised land is dead. The one who confronted Pharaoh, the one who the ground swallowed up, the one who did all that is dead. Now it's on you. And he says, now here's the task. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving them to the children of Israel. So now he says, the promises I gave from long ago, the ones Moses couldn't do, now you are going to take them over. He needs courage. You need courage if you're going to do something big for God. You need courage if you're not just worried about that little patch of grass. You need courage if you're going to actually affect, infect people's lives, infect people's lives. You need courage if you, if you want a good marriage in this society, you need courage. You need courage if you're going to stand up for the voice of God, you need courage. You need courage. It's courage. And let me say something about courage. It's not necessarily loud or quiet. You can be loud and full of fears and insecurity. And you can be quiet and have courage. I'm not talking about a personality type. Now, there are people that are quiet because they're insecure. God wants to change that. But if you're quiet and that's who you made, he made you to be, that's very different. Because there is a real you. There's a real you he created. There's a real you that makes change. There's a real you that speaks and things change because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he took away, he gave you the Holy Spirit, one like me to walk beside you. So there's this, the facts. Moses is dead. And here's the task. I want you to take them in the promised land that I promised their forefathers. That's a big task. 
if Moses didn't, how can I? Who knows what thoughts Joshua was saying? He says, every place, and here's the promise, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness. And he starts stating the promises of God. And that's what happens when we get prophecies. When we get prophecies, God starts sharing his thoughts for our lives, amen? It's not your thoughts. I mean, if, if I just came up and said, you know, I feel like I want to start a, a Disney world, like a Disney world. But instead of having Mickey Mouse, I'm going to call him Mikey Rat. I'll just have Mikey Rat. He's going to walk around the, the park and slap selfie sticks out of people. And he's going to be, you would say, John, are you goofy? No, we are to encourage one another in the plans and purposes of God. It's very different than just encouraging people. It's very different than giving you false encouragement. It's going to be all right. Everything's okay. Friends, it may get worse. I don't know. Your situation get worse. That's not where you get your courage from. You get your courage from because I am with you. And since I am with you, he's not just looking down from heaven. He is actually with you. And whatever situation there is, he's in. Some of you today, God wants to impart courage for things you have prayed for in the areas of healing and have not had any results. He wants to give you courage again. And he almost wants to wipe your memory clean of all the times that you that failed he must wipe that clean because what happens is we bring it to the throne room when we come before God we're asking but we're carrying all this stuff of all these times it didn't work Joshua couldn't do that if I'm going to lead him in the promised lands I can't think about all the times that Moses failed he failed as a man because he did it he's God says speak to the rock and water came out he said speak again and he struck the rock that rock is Christ that's why he was disqualified but friends when Jesus was transfigured who was there Moses. He was because of Jesus, he brought him into the promised land. And there was Moses transfigured in the promised land. So don't you worry about other people's decisions. You just follow God. Joshua couldn't say, oh, the last group I couldn't lead in. The last group didn't want to, they brought a bad report. The last group, okay, here we go. He could not go half-hearted. Courage is not a half-hearted thing. Joshua had to wipe that clean. He had to say, everything that Moses put in me that was good, I'm taking into the promised land. Every time Moses stood when he was the only man and millions of people, they said, we want thirst and then the water. I will take that with me. We take the good, but we forget the bad. Amen. And so we come to God. It's like healing. That's what happens with healing. It never happened, never happened, never happened. Friend, when the harvest time comes, it doesn't matter if it hailed before or stormed before or did this before because I had a relatives in Colorado and there was a lot of work. Harvest time is short and the harvest time of your promises can be in a moment. I just want you to meet someone, do this. Okay. So, so he says, I'll be with you. So he, he gave him the promises. And then he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Paul quoted that when he says, let your life would be out covenants. Didn't God say, I will never leave you or forsake you? So there's the encouragement. There's the filling with courage. And here's the charge. Be strong and of good courage. One of the words in the Hebrew, one of the meanings for strong means to attach to. And we're supposed to attach to God. We're supposed to attach to strength. It's not your strength, friend. I can do all things through Christ. It's not I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. When you attach yourself to God, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide and as an inheritance to the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. That's a big promise. To this people. It's not the next generation. It's not these people are going to fail, Joshua. It's to these people. Only be strong and very courageous. There it is again. Because when you're going to have a big task, you need courage, friends. And, that, and I really feel like God's going to impart courage. And I'm just going to preach this a little longer than we're going to pray. And if you will receive it, he will give it. But then we need to feed it because it's our responsibility to watch over what he gives us. Because what happens is he fills us with stuff. And people send me all these links. And, and, and I, I talk about it too. John, did you hear about this group or what this group's doing? Or did you hear about what this 
Friends, we need, Jesus did not care what the devil was doing. He cared what the Father was doing. And when we care about this group, that group, this person, that celebrity, this, 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 this spirit, this spirit. Father, what are you doing? Jesus, because Jesus is our model. Jesus is, I do and say what the Father says. He didn't say, I just respond to the Satan. I just go where Satan is, wherever Satan's responding. No, 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 no. God and Satan are not on the same level. Michael and Satan are on the same level, friends. We get it twisted, but there's a middle person, and that's us. And so we have a vote. And so when God, when God comes, he said, Father, what are you doing? What are you saying? When, you're ch- when your child's sick, when your finances, oh, the devil's attacking him. It may be an attack, God, but what's your response? Not what's my response. And far too long, we just respond to things. We want our grass green, that little patch. And long as it's green, but all of a sudden it's brown, there she comes out. Stay off the grass. But then I burned the word, and then she went back in her little house. You have more in you than just the little area you want to solve. It's not just about corona coming to an end. Then what? Then what? Corona comes to an end, friend. Then what? You got money in the bank. Then what? You get married. Then what? Then what? The, what? I have, two, I have two kids in a house. Then what? The world does that. The only difference between us and the world is we go to church once a week. Then what? Then what? It's all good in your life. Then what? You get rid of that addiction. Then what? It's not just avoiding bad. This Christian life is not just avoiding bad. It's listening to the Father, speaking what he says, making a difference. Because harvest time is short. Some of us have believed for promises a long, long, long time, but harvest time is short. Then what? John, a little quieter, okay. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. It's well known. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. That word prosper has been so twisted, it means success. And if God's called you to pastor a church of 50 in Mozambique, you prosper, you're a success. And we're gonna, when we stand before the throne of God, we're really going to see who was a success. See, we say prosper money, prosper money. Some of you, God's called to make great money, but some of you, you're not going to be millionaires. I'm just going to say it. But your needs will be met. There's a, no, you don't give $1,000 and he gives you a million. No, you come to the altar, give your life, and he gives you purpose and a destiny. You walk that out. There's names the world does not know, but they're known in heaven. Prosper, success. And there's successful people that are not successful in his eyes. And we stand before him. That is the final. The Bible says, and the books were opened and the court sat. Friends, that is the final court. There's no acquittals. There's no this. Every Supreme Court justice will be judged in that court. It's not the Supreme Court. It's the Supreme Court of the United States. There's a Supreme Court in heaven. And the books were opened and the court sat. And you didn't speak up for the ones in the womb. And you didn't speak up for the the downcast. And you didn't speak up. You will be judged according to that. Eternity is a long time to be wrong. So then he acted. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate means to chew over, chew over, chew over. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. If the only time you hear God's word is on Sunday, friends, you will not fulfill the destiny in your life. See, that's what the people did in Israel. Moses comes up, Moses comes down. What did God say? Moses goes up, Moses comes down. You're special. What did God say? And millions of Christians go to church. I'm not going to have a quiet time with God. What did God say? You're flashy and you got tight, skinny jeans and you know how to. What did God say? 
When Jesus died, the veil was ripped and the Spirit was given to you so you can sit in your car, you on the way to work, you can sit in your house and have a quiet time and the Father speaks to you. You can hear the Father. You have that right. It's not because you're good. It's because of the Father. And you know, the disciples, well, I won't get into that right now. That's a different message. But you're, the signs and wonders don't work from your hands because you're so good. It's because he's so good. So we have that right. The veil was ripped and the Spirit was given for us to walk in. Amen. And then he says again, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There it is again. I'm with you. Jesus said it. I'm with you. I'm, never leave you. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm with you even to the end of the age. So there's the basis of our encouragement today that he is with us. I'm not saying your situation is going to turn good. I'm saying with him, all things work together for good. It's not good, but he can turn it for good. God has taken abuse and he's taken sin, and he's made it good. He did not cause those things, friends. He's taken pain that he did not cause, and he turned it for good. But I can say that he is with you. That's the basis of the encouragement. We don't pray to a father that can't hear us. He hears us. Because of Jesus, we have that right. You go, John, you don't know what I've done. No, really, because you're focused on your little patch of grass. You focused on your life, what you've done. What you need to do is focus on your eyes and look at what Jesus done. Is there any error in him? Is there anything that the Father says, I reject you? No, so it's same with you. And so you can come to him with your wounds and your sins and your hurt, and he can cleanse you and he can fill you. See, grace, I'm not saying grace covers, but grace gives you the power to do it. I was listening to a minister. Again, I'm not going to mention his name. and He moves powerfully in the prophetic in this couple comes up to him for prayer and he prophesies over the wife and he goes I see you writing worship songs and and leading worship and uh, she goes no no that's my husband that's my husband he 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 does that he's actually the worship leader and he goes lady shut up I don't recommend this I don't recommend riding in your neighbor's yard either chemicals that burn the grass I don't recommend it he said, lady, shut up. He goes, you know how prophecy works? She goes, I guess I don't. He goes, when God speaks a word, the grace is on it, the power is on it to do, accomplish the word. Let me finish. You're going to write songs. You're going to write songs, and you're going to lead worship, this and that. Nine months later, a lady walks up to him at a conference. and goes, you remember me? He goes, no. You don't remember the prophetic word you gave me? He goes, no, I'm sorry. I gave a lot of prophetic words. She goes, you told me to shut up? He goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> she said, when I walked out that church, because she, she told him I'm tone deaf, because I'm tone deaf. She goes, when I walked out that church, my ears popped, and I could hear. Nine months, nine months, nine months, a baby. Nine months, she said nine months, and I, it just hit me right now. She said nine months, nine months, the baby. She learned the guitar in nine months. She started writing songs in nine months, and then she, she goes, I'm leading worship at our church of 500 people at a vineyard church. Because there's power on the word. When God speaks promises over your life, friends, there's power on the word. When he says, I am with you, he is with you to accomplish what you do. Joshua, you're not the one standing there doing this. I am with you. Even though they don't see me, I want you to recognize and know I am with you at work. And see, friends, we're talking about people that want to kill. I'm not talking about somebody that's mean to you at work. I'm talking about people that want to kill. In a moment, an arrow, a spear. These are armies that want to kill. They have to, they have to eradicate. They have to move them from the promised land. And there's things we need to move from our promised land. He says, David, I've called you to be king. Well, there's someone on the throne. His name is Saul. And so we think, oh, because it hasn't happened yet, that's not true. No, friends, God has put promises in your life that he wants to bring harvest time in a moment because there was a moment when David actually sat on the throne. Amen? So and then Joshua acted. We need to act when God gives us courage. He commanded the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, prepare your provisions. 
He didn't ask for a report. Here's what we do. God said, Moses, I want you to get the 12 leaders of the tribes and go spy out the land. God did not say, I want a personal report. He said, spy out the land. Let me tell you what spying out the land. Joshua was sent to, and I think Joshua remembered. He sent two men. He goes, spy out the land. He goes, especially Jericho. I want that, the walled city. He goes, spy out the land. Here's when you spy out the land. It's a land of milk and honey. It's fruitful. And there's giants in the land. That's a, that's a report. But God is well able. They said there's giants in the land. Then they gave their opinion. It's not time for opinions. God doesn't want your opinion. And what happens is our biggest opinion is the opinion we give to ourselves. See, I'm shy. I can't preach. That's an opinion. We've, our family's never had money, therefore I can't have money. That's an opinion. And so we bring our opinions to God. He doesn't need your opinion. He doesn't even need your report. He, he wants you to repeat his report. Whose report will we believe? So Joshua had to take all this, all the people from the family. I know your dad didn't do it and your mom didn't do it. I'm not talking about just talking about generations. I'm talking about past. I know in the past you've never did this, but now you can. I know in the past you never walked in your promised land, but now you can. I am with you. So what's the difference? The difference is I am with you. That's where our encouragement's going to come today, amen? Carlos, if, I asked Carlos to come on the drums. Come up. And I know this is different, but God took Moses up to the mountain, and he said, look at where you can't go. This is the promise. This is, I'm promising your people. Your people are going to go. You can't go. And he says, pick somebody. Joshua served him, he, but Moses did, wasn't presumption. He goes, pick somebody. And, and God said this. He goes, he says, I want Joshua. Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you. A man in whom is the spirit. Not lay hands and give him the spirit. He has the spirit. You can have an anointing, friends, but it's not time yet. He says, but I want you to give up your authority. Some is italicized. That's not in there. He goes, I want you, I want you to give of your authority. So who is the spirit? So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before him and the priest, and he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him. The spirit was on him. Where did he get that? Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. And some, your version may say, Joshua lingered. See, there's lots of stuff to do. I got to go lead these people, but Joshua lingered in his presence. I have to go do this and this, but Joshua stayed in his presence. And when you stay in the presence of God, see, Joshua went up, with Moses and for Moses, but he stayed for himself and God. Because Joshua, knew, he tasted and saw that the Lord was good. Amen. So I'm just going to pray for you guys because I believe God wants to give you courage today to do those things. Lord, I thank you, some, I thank you, Father God, that there's some people today that you're going to expand, that you're going to expand in a greater way, God.